honored and glorified by each of us sitting here um, expecting to find you. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mm, amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Yeah, just one more housekeeping thing uh, is that after we finish tonight, we will need to put the chairs up. So just stack them up in like three or four and, and just put them on both sides there. Uh, if you see anything on the floor, let's just always leave this place in better shape than what we found it. And so the cloud's still here, and we said we don't have any idea how long the cloud's going to stay, but we're here this week, and we'll find out next week if we're going to be here. So I'm praying that we are. Um, go ahead and find Luke. So just find Luke chapter 5. And I'm going to remind us real quick. Uh, we've been walking through our, this is our second week to walk through I have come statements from Jesus. So we're just going to follow around. And I really do love just kind of placing us in the crowd with Jesus and walking around. And, you know, whenever you walk with someone, isn't it kind of crazy all the different conversations that you have when you're just kind of walking? You know, if like if you go on a greenway or if you go on a trail, you know, you're just constantly having different conversations with each other. And the thing that we don't get to see and hear a lot is the depth of the conversations that Jesus had with the disciples, you know. But we get a glimpse in some of them, and so what I love to do is to place us in the scene and to say, what if? And so last week we came across the first I have come statement, and Jesus is saying, look, I have come to not abolish the law of Moses, but in the writings of the prophets, but to fulfill their purpose. And if you remember, we asked ourselves the question last week, what if someone asked you, what is the purpose of the law? Would we as folks that believe in Jesus and know that there is no more law, would you be able to answer it? And so for a, <laughs> that was incredible timing. <laughs> for those listening at home, she said no. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. <laughs> Oh, my word. I hope that goes viral. <laughs> and so for a lot of us, because what we're, what we're saying is that we're realizing that as a body, and I'm talking about the big body, that for, for so many years we've just kind of read these words and we just take them for face value. And what we're wanting to do is have those words jump off the page where they move our feet. But your feet don't move until your heart does. And man alive, I'm in a room full of folks where their heart, your hearts are just pumping and you're moving and you're believing. And so let's just see what the next one is. So because after last week, we saw that the promise was to Abraham, right? And then the law didn't come till 430 years after Abraham was credited as righteous, which means you're accepted in God's eyes because of what class? Belief. That's it. Faith. He was credited as being righteous. And then 430 years later, here comes this law, and man, crazy hits the scene. <laughs> because we as man do what we do with it, and we'll make it more than what it was supposed to be. Luke, all right, Luke 5, we're going to eventually get to 32, but I do want to read these two first, because there's two other places where we'll see this particular I have come statement. The first one's in uh, Matthew 9, it's in verse 13. Jesus says, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices, for I have come. Now, now get, gang, let this sink in. For I have come to call not those 
who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. All right. The next one would be in Mark. It's in chapter 2. It's in verse 17. And Jesus is talking again, and He says, when, when Jesus heard this, He told them healthy people don't need a doctor. And what He's referring to, we're going to see in real big depth here in, in Luke chapter 5. He's talking to the religious guys. Okay? And so He's saying, when Jesus heard this, when He heard the old boys talking, saying what they were saying, He said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. And He goes on, He says, I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. And so right here, let's go ahead and look at the verse that we're going to land on, and that's Luke, and that's in chapter 5, and it's in verse 32. And he says again, I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. Now, gang, real quick, let me give you a definition here just to clear things up. When your phone rings, what do you have the opportunity to do at that moment? Look at it. Mmm, that's Deb. I'm going to answer that. Right? You hit the green button or the red button, right? It just may, the timing may just not be good. But anyway, someone is calling you. It's an invitation. And so with an invitation, what do you have the opportunity to do? Absolutely. This, this definition, I believe, that we see in the context of this particular verse and other verses, I believe, fits very well. Now, this word also means, it's a Greek word, kaleo. All right? It also means that, like when you get a pet, and you name the pet, you're going to call your pet what? Zoe. We got this great fluffy little puppy, and we're going to call it Zoe. Zoe means life, by the way. I bet Zoe knows that. Where is Zoe? Yep. Means life, right? Test her face turned red. <laughs> and so... Remember that as we go through this, and so what I want to do is I do want to kind of give us the background scene of what's going on here in Luke before we actually get to the point where Jesus says, I have come, I have come to invite not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. And, and so by this time, like last week, in these particular verse here, Jesus has done the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, the blessed are statements. We don't know how many days are in between, so don't get hung up on that game, but we know that he's come off the mountain, and he's at the Sea of Galilee, he's around water, and the crowds are starting to press in on Jesus. Because here's the thing, remember, he was on the Sermon on the Mount, and he's doing all of the Beatitudes, and remember, he started piercing their heart with the, you have heard it said. And we're actually going to do those after this, you have heard it said this, but I'm telling you, if you go this way, it's going to be so much better. Right? And so he's come off the mountain, and as the crowds are pressing in, Jesus needs a little breathing room. So there's a couple of boats. And he jumps in one of them. And it just happens to be this guy named Simon. You'll know Simon, if you've hung around any kind of walls like this before, he's Peter. Simon Peter. And so it's kind of cool. Jesus jumps in his boat. He needs room, so Jesus jumps in his boat. 
And if you were to look at the Scripture, and I am encouraging you to go back and read it, Simon doesn't freak out. Simon's a fisherman. He fishes for a living. And someone is jumping in the way that he makes a living and saying, let's go out. I need a little room. And he doesn't flip upside down. He's cleaning his nets because just from the night before, he has been out and he's caught zilcho. And so there's a couple of things that are going on maybe is that maybe Simon saw Jesus in his travels. We don't know. But I believe he had to have to seen you know, that he just didn't flip out and goes, oh, that's Jesus, the carpenter, the, the Nazarene. He needs the boat. There's a lot of stuff going on here. The crowds are gathering. And maybe he was even saying to himself, I wonder why so many people are coming. What's going on? So he gets out there and Jesus starts teaching. And so after the teaching, Jesus asked Simon, he said, look, let's go out just a little bit further in deep water. I know you haven't caught anything. He doesn't really say that, but he can see that there's no fish on the ground. <laughs> you know? And Simon goes, Master, we've been out all night. And he's tired. I've been, we've been out all night, Master, and have caught Zippo. But I'll do it. I'll go. And so he shoves out. And he goes out there and they drop net. And man, I don't know if you've ever watched any of those reality TV shows where, the, uh, where they uh, are throwing those pods out there and they start bringing those pods in and some of them literally are, are bending the arm of the crane that's bringing all the catch in. It would have been like that. You could pro If you were on the scene, I bet you could hear the, the rope of the nets stretching. You ever been around that to hear that? Just and so I know Simon's in the boat going... What in the world? <laughs> and just fish upon fish. And he calls out to the other guys on the, on the shore, and that would be James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and says, I need help! Help! We're catching a bunch! Bring your net and get out here. Really? He's not, he's not going, uh... <laughs> Dang, they made their life this way. They caught and then they ate, and then if they had left over, they sold it. And his boat is filling up to the point where he's about to sink. I'm going, oh my word. We won't have to fish for a year. And they get out there and they bring it in. Can you imagine being in the boat? And at that moment, look at verse 20. Or look at verse 8, I'm sorry. Look at verse 8. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. He's just catching the biggest catch of ever. His eyes are opened up to the fact that he went from Master to Lord in that second. And he immediately says, Lord, get away from me. I am too much of a sinner to be around you. Now, quick time out. You, guys, you remember, about, it was about three or four weeks ago, we were in here. It may not have been in this room, but we were together. And we said, what if Jesus physically walked through the door? You remember that? 
For those of us that were here and we said, what if that door opened up and it was Jesus and He just starts traipsing in? And we asked the question, would your first response be to hide and duck? Or would it be to go up and chest bump Him, high five Him, jump on His shoulders? You, we ought to throw Him up. Remember that? And we said, now gang, here it is. Look where Simon is because I'm about to put you on common ground. I'm about to put you in the boat with Simon. His was, I'm too much of a sinner. Get away from me, Lord. I've not been hitting the law like you want me to. I'm dirty. I know I'm not accepted. Versus acceptance of Christ and you go hug Him. If there's ever thought that when you were sitting here that you would go, oh crap, that's Jesus. <laughs> if there's any of those, man, your picture of God and Him satisfying the wrath through Jesus Christ has been tainted somehow. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. And so Simon doesn't know that yet. He doesn't know that yet. And he says, Lord, get away from me. And so the thing is, is that he's on his knees. And gang, this is a fisherman. Yeah, I think their conversations at time would have probably been pretty salty. Don't you? Thanks for y'all that got that. I think their conversations at time would have been kind of salty. That's better. That's good. All right. Here's the question as we keep going on. Jesus asked, He kaleo, He invites Simon, James, and John to join Him in His endeavors. And they said, yes. Why did Jesus not ever ask any of the religious guys? I don't want to answer that yet. But you got all the guys that know the law, and then Jesus is asking Simon, and He's asking James and John to join Him. And they both said yes. Let's keep going. They land the boats. This would, you would see this in the other two uh, sightings that we read beforehand. They see a man with leprosy. It's on the shore. And the man with leprosy is waiting on Jesus. And he asked him, he said, Lord, if you're willing, will you heal me? Jesus says, I'm very willing. He heals the man with the touch. But here's what's, what's cool about Jesus. Is that he tells the man to go and fulfill whatever the requirements of the law were at that time and go present himself to the priest in order to show him that he is hand up in the air with air quotes, clean. Now again, you've got to let that soak in. The cleanliness was always based on the individual instead of how our cleanliness right now is always based on Christ. Jesus says, I have come to call those who don't think they're righteous. He says, I have come to call not those who think they're righteous. I have come to call those, not those who think they're righteous. Do you think the religious leaders thought they were righteous? Did you think Simon did at the moment he was in the boat? And what did Simon base his righteousness on when he was in the boat? Himself. Absolutely. Way to go. Let's keep going. And so the news now is even spreading further and further and further. And so they're on the scene, and this is where I want to get into Luke. Well, I mean, we're, we're in it, but I want to dig right here quick. 
Jesus is where Jesus is a lot of times. He's in a home. And so by this time, Jesus is healing, He's teaching, and He's in a home, and the crowds are massive. So I want you to get your mind around this for a second. Let's picture that we're all just in, that we take every one of us, and we're just in this section right here. All right? And so here's a couple of guys that are bringing their buddy and they're carrying him on a mat. Now, I don't, I'm pretty sure, I don't think this is a far jump. I don't think it was a mat like we see in Pilates. <laughs> I don't think it was one of those eggshell mats. I just think it was cloth. And I think the two guys were probably holding it like this, just absolutely forearms wrenched, their fingers just clutched into it. And they're trying to get to Jesus. Now, picture this. They're trying to get to Jesus, and they can't get through the crowd to get to Him through the front door. Doesn't that say something about the crowd that was there? Whenever we see people that come in with maybe a wheelchair, walker, cane, whatever it is, don't we kind of move to the side? But this bunch, they either didn't, or the men that was carrying their buddy said, we're not even going to fool with that. That's going to take too long. We're going on the roof. We're going on the roof. So can you imagine being the guy that they're carrying? You're going, you're going to do what? Uh, the roof has steps to get to that. Uh, have y'all got me? Have you ever allowed anyone to carry you? And you're going upset and you start to feel that sway a little bit? To the trust that you'd have to have with the men carrying you, and you? Or you were just so knowing that you just needed relief that you were willing to do anything? Any of us ever been there? doesn't matter. I'll do anything to get better. Take me to whoever you'll take me to. I want to get better. So that's what the men were doing. Dude, we're going to take you to get better. And look what he says in verse 20. They're on the roof. They're scratching. They're clawing. I don't know if it was a tile roof. doesn't matter. But they lower him into the room. Verse 20. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. Two things going on there. Seeing their faith. How do people see our faith? And remember, we're not basing our faith on when we walk through a door like this, gang. How do people see our faith when we're at work? How do people see our faith when we're playing the sports that we play? How do people see our faith when we're out and about in the community? That's what they... These guys were in a home. Jesus said, seeing your faith, your sins are forgiven. <laughs> I don't know, but if I'm the guy on the mat, I'm going, dude, I'm paralyzed. I, I, I didn't ask for my sins to be forgiven. I didn't... Sir, I, I didn't ask for my sins to be forgiven. But Jesus says your sins are forgiven. That's why I love Jesus. He knows what needs to be healed. Man, He knows us better than we know ourselves. He said, your sins are forgiven. And the old boys, the crowd that was around that way, that night, gang, that day, that was full of Pharisees, it was full of religious teachers, it was full of the boys that kept the law. And I think there's so much stuff going on there. And the thing that I know that Jesus is letting the crowd know, I am who I say I am. 
I am the healer. And the old religious boys, he knew, gang. <laughs> That's why I love him. He knew that was going to flip them upside down. That was their corner of the market. And they even if you go on and read, he said, what do you... You know, Jesus is asking, why do you question this in your hearts? In verse 22, is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or to stand up? So I'm going to prove it. Get up. <laughs> Get up, pick your mat up, and let's go. And he does. Yeah, and I think that's a very great point because a lot of us live in that, in that land that if something has happened, if I'm not quite hitting it the way I think Jesus wants me to hit it, then I'm getting something to happen to me. Gang, that is not our God. That is not our God. Our God does not react to us. We respond to Him. We respond to Him out of knowing that we are accepted and approved through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. It's just... So let's keep going. We're going to see how this keeps building. Verse 27, Jesus is heading out of town and He passes a guy named Levi. Levi's name is actually uh, Levi, but he's known as Matthew. We read him. Okay, He's a tax collector. And I don't know, I never did really know why everybody hated the tax collectors in, uh, in Scripture. They were always lumped in with you know, just sinners, tax collectors, just the scum of the earth. And so I did a real brief uh, search on it, and it's because that the religious leaders thought that they were traitors. That most of the people that were tax collectors were guys that were supposed to be keeping the law, but they weren't, and they collected taxes. And a lot of them collected more than what they were supposed to. And so Levi's one of these guys. Jesus passes him, so Levi must have seen what was going on in town. Jesus asked him, hey, get up and follow me. And he does. <laughs> he does, he does. And so the question bodes is going, why? Because the, the, the thing that we start to see, and here's where I want us to start cranking this thing down. Remember what we read in verse 5. Let's recap here just for a second, and then we're going to keep going. In chapter 5, 32, who has Jesus come? Who is he calling? All right, And remember what part of that definition means. It means to be mistaken. So if I'm mistaken about who this particular man is and my righteousness, then I am going to expect that my righteousness is on me. You follow me? If I think that anyone, if my acceptance to God is based on anything else except Jesus then you go under your law. That's what we talked about last week. It's Christ and Christ alone. And so here we are. He says, I have come not to call those who think they're righteous, but those who know that they are sinners. The next time we see Jesus, He's in a room again. He's in a home again. And it's in Matthew's house. And Matthew has called all of his buddies. 
He's called all of his tax collector buddies. He's called all of his friends. And Jesus is in the room in there with them. And the old boys of the day come up and said, why is he eating with such scum? Why the labels from the guys? Why do you think? Why do we label a particular person anything? Who's our scum? Not you, not us, right? We don't don't do that. Not us. We're talking about the other people. (laughs) Right. Why do we label the folks that we label in the way that we label them? And so at that moment, it's so true, at that moment we've just placed our law on them. So whenever we start to throw someone under the bus and mentally we're calling that scum, what we're doing is saying, you just don't match up to the law of me. Jesus fulfilled it. (laughs) I, I don't know what was going on with Matthew. I really don't. For him to get up and go. Maybe he was one of the guys. Let's jump in the boat with him for a second. Maybe he was one of the guys that was skimming off the top and deep down he wanted to stop. And this was his chance. This is my chance to start all over. Or maybe he was one of the guys that was actually not one to skim off the top. That he was an honest tax collector. But yet because of the way the religious leaders of the day, the ones that thought that they had all the authority... They lumped him in that bucket, and he got tired of being in that bucket. I don't know. But to have been at the dinner, to have been at the dinner, and after the first person asked the question, Jesus, are you really the Son of God? And Jesus, to be at the dinner table with them and say two words, I am. (laughs) You no longer have to be mistaken about who I am. Pass me the bread. I'll take another hit of that wine. Seriously. I'll take some more water. Pass me the fruit. I am who I say I am. What about Simon? What about Simon? What caused him to go from Master to Lord And what was he basing himself upon when he looked at Jesus and said, away from me? Do you think that any one of them could have just been done with the business of church? That they knew that the Messiah was coming. They studied the writings. That they knew that the Messiah was coming. They knew that they couldn't keep up with the law anymore. So they said, the heck with even trying to keep the law anymore. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to kind of be over here and waving around. I'm actually going to wait for the great I am. I'm going to wait for the one that says, I have come not to call those who think they are righteous. I know I'm not righteous on myself. So I'm waiting for the Messiah. Here He is. I'm a sinner. But as soon as I say yes to Him, I am a sinner no more. And they were just done with the business of church. And they kept fishing. And He kept collecting until the Messiah showed up. What about us? That's what you're teaching people. That's why I love hanging out with you. That's what you're teaching people. 
is that you know the Jesus that has come, not to call those who think they are righteous. One quick thing before we stop. Think of the folks in your life that, that, that just have got it all together. That it's hard to be around because of their self-righteousness. It's hard. Right? But could it be that we could get underneath that with them just a little? By just asking the question, what's your law? How come you refer to so-and-so as scum? How come you refer to such acts as scum? Have you ever tried to find out why they're doing that? You ever called time out and just spent the time and talked to someone that's holding the sign on the street? Starts in her home. I have come not to call those who think they are righteous. I have come for those who know they are sinners. And then after you say yes, the sinner label is gone forever. Father, I thank You for a people that get this. I thank You that we were literally in the boat with Simon at one point when we would say, Lord, away from me. But today, Father, I'm thankful to be in a room full of folks who would absolutely jump all over Jesus because they know that they are clean through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is fun to be around. And Lord, in that, in that believing... We are surrounded by people that, that live Him out wide open in their homes and at work and at school and in the community. And Father, lives are continued to be changed, starting with mine. And I thank You that, Father, it changes every day. So Lord, I'm thankful that there's a people here that after they have been in their presence, that people feel way better for being in their midst. And I pray for the folks that at times... It's a little hard to be around, including me. So Lord, I just want to continue to be graceful. And we thank You for Your grace. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.